Hello and welcome to YAF Podcast, the yet another Final Fantasy podcast hosted by me, Antonin Januska. And it's a podcast where I go through each Final Fantasy game, chapter by chapter, game by game, and record a podcast about it. And this is Season 3, Episode 9, Goldor Manor. Or Goldor? Goldor. I'm just gonna say Goldor Manor. So in the last episode, we went to the Cave of Tides... We restored the water crystal, which restored the uh, flow of time. And what happened was that all the different continents and islands and everything on the planet uh, kind of came, came back into view. So just a quick recap of the story so far. Actually, it's a very long story, so I don't know if I want to go through it. But I am one of the light warriors, or I guess I ha- I'm leading a party of light warriors that were blessed by the wind crystal, which was the first crystal to awaken. We uh, we were we started at a floating on a floating continent, a continent that was just suspended in the air. I thought it was on top of a spire of some kind. We'll see how that goes. Maybe I just misunderstood it. When we made our way off the continent and found out that this was this was the case that the continent was yeah, um, the continent also had the fire crystal. So we activated that. We got a an airship, a ship that could sail the seas, but also um, have these awesome like propellers that would come out from the masts, I hope that's the right word, and fly up into the air. I made my way to meet the, I don't know, the priestess of the water god or something like that, I don't remember exactly, Uh, and uh, made our way, we made our way to the Cave of Tides where we fought the Kraken, I think, yep, the Kraken, and uh, during that time, um, was her name Arya? I think her name was Arya, was it? During that time, I guess, yeah, Arya um, died because she was she saved Lunith from um, the, the attack, attack from the um, Kraken. So the next thing that happens is that, yeah, like all of the darkness of the entire world vanishes and it's like nothing happened at all. And it's really weird and really eerie because you can you could have actually sailed on that darkness. So it's kind of like the darkness was a big ocean, which kind of makes sense with the crystal of water. And you could sail on it like with the your ship, you know, and it was just it's a, it was a little bit bizarre. And you would I think you encountered like water monsters, too, along the way. So when the darkness retreated, we got access to the town of Amor. Well, we got access to the town of Amor when our ship was taken by Goldor and when all of our uh, party members basically, I don't want to say died, but they were injured in, in the earthquake that happened when the world reemerged from the darkness. So Goldor locked up the ship, and it's a really cool thing because right right outside of town of Amor, where you start with your party, um, well, when when you where you start once you once you pass out from whatever happened, there's a huge like kind of silly lock and chain on the on the ship. It looks like the size of the ship, so it's kind of like oh yeah, there's this massive ship, and there's a massive lock that's the size of the ship. So really a little bit weird. So Goldor is like this super, I don't know, greedy person. Whenever you talk to anybody in the town of Amor, uh, they'll tell you things about Goldor, about how he has a manor and how, you know, this and this is going on and blah, blah, blah. Um, And, uh, you know, your goal is kind of, you know, self-explanatory. You're supposed to go down to Goldor, Goldor's manor, defeat Goldor and get your chain, uh, unchain your ship. However, there is a bottomless bog, which is a funny 
word, but it's basically like a swamp style thing uh, right in front of Goldor's Manor. So Goldor's Manor is surrounded by mountains on all sides, and the only pl- way, only place where it actually opens up, there's the bog. And so you have to find the Levy Grass shoes. Now, if I remember correctly, and so I've, I've played this a little while back, I, I didn't... <laughs> I should have probably uh, recorded the episode right away because there was just so much stuff that happened in, in this in this section. When you go into the town, you'll uh, find out that you need to get the levy grass shoes, which will let you walk across the bog. And you'll also find four people that will say that they are the light warriors. And so they're like these jokesters. And they find out that they need to get the uh, levy grass shoes too. And then you find out that um, there is a person all the way down in the sewers um, that has those shoes. And I think his name is, what is his name? Is it Gil? No, 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 that's the, Gil is the person that unlocks the sewers for you so you can go down there. So once you start going down to the sewers, um, inside of the city, you know, you, you'll encounter some monsters, not a lot. It's not a huge deal. You do encounter the, uh, four warriors of light that, uh, were masquerading as warriors of light. And those people will be in big trouble and you kind of basically save them. Uh, then you take more stairs and more stairs and you pick up more items and more items all the way down and you get to Delilah. That's who you're supposed to meet. Delilah is the person that has the, um, levy grass shoes. Now, the, um, light warriors who are pretending to be light warriors will acknowledge that they're not light warriors, which, wow. Shock time, right? That was a surprise. And uh, Delilah acknowledges who you actually are and gives you a pair of shoes. And then the those those same pretend light warriors will escort you back um, all the way up the sewers. So this was like a mini dungeon that you get to kind of experience. It's not a huge deal, this mini dungeon. One important thing is that you do obtain the diamond bell, which is important for... Oh man, what class is it? Geomancer? I think a Geomancer requires a diamond bell. That is their weapon. I hope I'm not screwing that up. But there's just so many jobs at this point. Once you unlock the water crystal, you have more jobs available to you. That's, I guess I failed to mention that. But it's one of those things where every time you unlock a crystal, you get uh, a bunch of get a, get a bunch of new jobs, or you should be at least. So the next thing is going down to Goldor's Manor or Mansion. Goldor's Manor or Mansion. I wonder. I guess it's a. Um, I guess it's one of those translation things, right? So Goldor's Manor ended up being way too strong for me. I ended up having to grind quite a lot. I've noticed that this game has gotten grindier and grindier and grindier as you go. So at the beginning, it felt like you you would spend like five minutes grinding and you're good to go. And now it feels like you're spending vast chunks of time grinding. It makes the game feel artificially longer. So there's actually not a lot of stuff going on. If you kind of summarize this entire game, it's every chapter that, that you listen to from me is a dungeon and a boss, a dungeon and a boss. And in this section, actually, it's two dungeons and a boss. And that's kind of basically the, the entirety of the game. I'm not sure if that's okay or not. It's just an observation that I have. So once you go ahead and grind, well, I started grinding and I found all kinds of fun stuff. So I ended up exploring the entire continent uh, wherever I could without a ship. Now that's really important because the ship gives you access to the rest of the world, completely the rest of the world. It's essentially unfeathered access to everything that you need, except, you know, obviously there are places that you can't get to due to one reason or another. 
So there, there are a lot of mountains up there. There are a lot of mountains on the continent. The, the main continent where there were the cave of tides, when it reveals, it's actually like a huge chunk, you know, of area. I walked around a bunch. Um, I found, I found that the enemies were really difficult and soon again, just with grinding and just with any other section, they became very easy to beat. At this point, I still had my setup where I had Luneth as the monk. I had uh, Ark as the red mage, not the white mage anymore. I changed that a little while back. And oh man, well, I'll, let me talk about the jobs system in a little bit. Uh, the next thing I had a black mage um, that was Refia was a black mage and Ingus was a warrior. And those roles really worked out for them well. It was a it was a good setup and they covered a lot of weaknesses and had a lot of strengths. It was at this point that Luneth as the monk, and I knew this would happen, he basically exploded in strength. Uh, suddenly, um, you know, he, he went from like, okay, well, he's making some hits and being on par with Ingus, and suddenly he's throwing uh, hits that were twice or three times as strong as Ingus, and be he became about my powerhouse. So you had this one character that at some point was able to inflict 1800 damage per attack, while Ingus, the warrior, was able to inflict let's say 500 damage per attack so it was it was a massive multiplier and i knew this would happen because i knew that the monk was extremely powerful in the first game and in the second game in final fantasy 2 we had a temporary party member joseph who was a monk and his strength was just unparalleled it was amazing i uh, kind of wish that i had built some other character in final fantasy 2 as a monk as well but it, it just it, that wasn't really working out it was a final fantasy 2 had a strange setup. So yeah, I was exploring the continent. There was a section all the way in the north of the continent where there are these like stone statues and extremely powerful enemies. So powerful that two chapters later, spoiler alert, I still wasn't able to get through that area safely. It was a, it was a bet. Like, could I make it through? Could I die? Should I just save and hope that in the next match I'll survive? Yeah, it was just like that and it was just really difficult. Um, that was a that was a little bit of a surprise. I did die again in this game. I've been dying a lot more than in any of the other games, and I've gotten kind of used to it. Yeah, even if I lose a little bit of experience, the grinding because of the auto battle is super easy. But back to the story. So we make it to Goldor Mansion, and uh, you have to use magic keys to open these four rooms. Now I did look at the guide real quick because I was a little bit confused by these rooms. They were most of them were empty, and the guide said, "Hey, like skip the rooms first, go through the mansion, and then come back because you're gonna have a bunch of treasures there." So I'm glad that I did look into the guide because otherwise I would have skipped all of the treasures and most likely never made it back. Uh, I do usually skip treasures at this point. Um, most of them are not worth it. You'll get an additional spell that you don't need, an additional spell that you can easily buy somewhere, or you'll gain like extra items that I'm not going to use for any of my current characters, nor any of the jobs that I'll probably pick. So like getting Wyvern Claws was, I don't know, like what am I going to use that for? Which of my characters is going to use that? I don't have I'm guessing that's for like a ninja. I don't know if a ninja is one of the jobs. I, I think so. There's a thief, but I'm not going to change those jobs at any point. So I, I'm, I just, I skipped them now. 
but you do find like a bunch of treasures, a bunch of golden swords uh, that do minimal damage, but are just really expensive. So you can kind of, I, I like that they kept the theme of like, hey, this is a rich person's house. And speaking of rich person's house, the entire house is golden. So the floors are golden and reflective. The walls are golden. They're like this greenish gold hue. Everything's golden and really stark and disgusting. I hate it, but it looks like a, somebody who has a lot of money basically decided to build an entire house out of gold just to show how much money they had. Yeah, that's imagine that. Imagine exactly that. So one of the one of the rooms in the initial floor that you have to use like a magic key to open has like um, I don't want to say a secret passage, but it just has a passage to the side that you have to walk up to so you can see that it leads out to the darkness. So it's semi secret. Once you go through the entire passageway and several floors up or down, I can't remember if it's, I think it's up, I think it's up, uh, you'll find, it, it's a little bit of a maze, you'll find like a little bit of a maze uh, in the floor right before finding Goldor. I, again, I've, I've, I have a process now with, with exploring dungeons in Final Fantasy and it's just, if you enter from the right, uh, bottom right, the exit is going to be in the top left. If you enter from the bottom left, the exit is going to be on top right and similar things. And I just kind of try to stick with that. And it actually got me through um, the second floor, which was which did really feel like a, a, a maze. So, yeah, I got through there, ended up finding Goldor. Goldor was a, a pretty powerful enemy, had a lot of HP and could do a lot of attacks. But... Um, I didn't follow any of the guides on on what you should be doing. I ended up casting a bunch of spells, and it was Luneth, essentially, who killed this guy. Just 2,000 damage, or 1,500 damage. It was just like a few attacks, and it was done. I started doing the math in my head, in, uh, in my head whenever the characters attacked, and it was like, oh, you know, this character has 9,000 health, and at the end of the turn, that character has like 7,000 health, and I'm like, alright, this is gonna be like three or four turns, and then we're done. And majority of that damage really was done by Luneth. I think one of my characters died during this process, I believe it was Ingus. Um, Ingus at this point, I think had a, has a blood sword that I've mentioned before, and yeah, so Ingus, Ingus ended up dying. Ingus always dies, which is a little bit of a bummer, because you end up... Wait, was it Ingus? I'm sorry, I should have written down more notes about this. Yeah, I should have written down more notes. But I actually it was the other way around. Ingus was the only survivor. So Ingus got all of the all of the health. The main reason he was a survivor was because his attacks would yield uh would give him health back. So Goldor just accidentally, I don't want to say accidentally, but without meaning to killed off all the other characters and left the only character alive that could face him and regain enough health with each attack to face him again. Um, the, my characters were leveled up enough that I could have come back. You know, it, it wasn't that big of an issue. I think there was a part of me that was lazy. I didn't want to use Phoenix Downs because I knew that they were uh, limited. And then at the point where I saw that Goldor could not attack Ingus much, you know, I decided to just say, whatever, I don't care, and defeated Goldor. Unfortunately, Goldor, in his whatever, in his defeat, decided to use the last of his strength and destroyed the Earth Crystal. Now, I had no idea that he had the Earth Crystal. I'm sure that somebody mentioned it at some point in the village, but it's kind of like, oh yeah, this could have been the fourth crystal. That's right, this could have been the fourth crystal because we already had the Wind Crystal. That's the beginning of the game, literally opening sequence, right? Uh, we already have the Water Crystal, which was the 
which was the caves, uh, the cave of tides. We had the fire crystal, which was like that salamander demon that I had so much trouble with and I had to grind so much to defeat. So this would have been great, but no, Goldor had to destroy the earth crystal. This was a little bit confusing because it's kind of like, what do you do at this point when you don't have when you don't have the crystal. That was kind of like the goal, right? Like, you gotta get the crystal. So it was a little bit confusing, and I'm still confused as to where the story is going at this point. Again, there's no, like, major villain. We still don't know who sunk the Earth into darkness other than that it was, the, like, the dark... Uh, dark the warriors of dark i guess we we don't know much much else about it you know we haven't speak, spoken to any of the older characters that kind of felt like they knew what they were doing we're just left dead in the water i suppose well speaking of de dead in the water once we leave the goldor manor and you know try to access the ship the ship is finally accessible and it's time to explore the rest of the continent and figure out what part of the story we're supposed to be doing now which is a little weird, I guess. Oh well, yeah, I guess that's kind of it. I that's that's it for this chapter. There's not much else to say. Uh, I was tempted to switch my jobs, but I did not at this point yet. There are some interesting monsters that I got to fight. It is exciting that there's just this huge continent to explore now and to see what is going on. I am wondering what we're going to do about the earth crystal being shattered because don't we need it to restore the balance of something or the other? Or did we already basically defeat the evil because now nothing's shrouded in darkness? Yeah, I guess what is the story at this point? Because the big the big deal was, you know, we got to rid the con the main con the floating continent of evil. We did. The floating continent is doing fine now. It's totally okay. We destroyed the floating fortress, you know, we did all these different things. Cool. Then we got to the main planet and we restored, you know, the darkness and everything. And everything seems okay. So I wonder where they're going to take it. I, I'm looking at the, the number of episodes that I have left, right? Like right now we're on, what is this? Episode nine, right? I said that in the beginning. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven more episodes, right? And I've gone through two of those already and I still don't know what's going on. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully the story will pick back up. Uh, I will say I'm getting a little bit of a fatigue from these games, um, mostly because there's just so much repetition, you know, where you have, you grind, 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 you go down into a dungeon that was difficult, now it's easy, you go fight the boss, you defeat the boss, and you move on to the next dungeon. And so it's a dungeon crawler, I guess is the best way to put it. And it kind of feels like, you know, I want to see something else more exciting in this game. I hope we get that. I hope we get a little bit of a shaking up in mechanics or shaking up in the story. I am looking forward to Final Fantasy IV. I've been reading a lot about it and listening to podcasts about Final Fantasy IV. That is the game that I did play. And Final Fantasy IV is extremely story-driven. It's like Final Fantasy III, but a little bit more story-driven. So hopefully we're going to see the resurgence of resurgence of that. I do want to do a little bit of a callback to Final Fantasy 1 because this game does feel like a better Final Fantasy 1. Like merge Final Fantasy 1 and 2 together and you get Final Fantasy 3. And it's it, it that's a, that's kind of a nice thing. It really does feel like an 
the old school one, it feels more like one than two because two was very story driven. The point that where it was, um, I don't want to say it was story driven because it felt more like a game that was quest driven. That's a better way of putting it. And there was a lot of story in that game and it was fun. It was, there were twists, right? Like Leon was a twist and all this other stuff. In this game, it does, it doesn't feel like that as much. The main twist was that, Hey, you're on the floating continent. And that blew my mind. And I, I think I mentioned that enough times in that episode. But I think that's it for today. You know, follow me on Twitter if you want to. I'm on twitter.com slash yaffpodcast, Y-A-F-F podcast. You are welcome to tweet at me some ideas and things about these episodes. I hope to get input. Um, leave a rating or review on whatever site podcasting that you use. And until next time. <laughs>